everybody can record a podcast. Any, anybody can produce it, but not anybody can do it consistently. That's the hardest part to be consistent with a podcast. Well, a lot of my friends started their podcasts and they ran for a couple of months and then the uploads became less frequent and then they forgot about it. And just being on a schedule, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, is the hardest thing. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Job Title Podcast. I'm your host, Cesar Romero. And remember, this is the podcast where we feature the relatable journeys of successful underrepresented professionals in tech with the goal of providing you with the inspiration, mentorship, resources, and strategies to advance your career. My guest for this episode is my good friend, Sagadat Ivergev also known as Saga. And in this episode, we have a conversation about growing up in Kazakhstan, the intersection of creativity and career, podcasting, embracing imperfection, and the importance of consistency in anything that you do. Saga and I met when I had the opportunity to be part of the co-hosts of IP Podcast. And I was always very impressed at Saga's passion for podcasting, creativity, and his efficiency. And I wanted to get him on the podcast to share a little bit about where his passion comes from, what it was like growing up in Kazakhstan, and have a great conversation with a good friend. And before we dive into the episode, please, I have two requests for you. One, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And that is one of the best ways to support the podcast. And number two, I welcome any feedback, questions, comments. That's how we continue growing and improving this podcast. So you, if you have a question, if you have feedback, whether it's good or bad or any comment, please don't hesitate reaching out. My DMs are open. Thank you so much. And here's my conversation with Saga. Saga, thanks so much for joining. I, I want to start with a rapid fire icebreaker. Or basically, I'll ask you uh, a question and you give me your top of mind answer, 30 to 45 seconds. And the first question I, I have here for you is one book that has greatly influenced your life. One book I read when I was a little kid that my grandma had in her home library is a book by a Georgian author, Akaki Gitsadze. His name is, I don't think you'll be able to find it in translation because it's very hard to Google it even in Russian language, but mm. he's a Soviet after, he's a war veteran. And there's a small novel about the life of this little Georgian boy through his life, like until he became a man, essentially. It roughly translated as like the fun and sad stories of from the life of Karaman Kantaladze, which is the character's name. And that is just little small stories about a person's life, a very, I think, positive, but grim message at the end, which I think that's why it kind of got into my brain very early on, because through the whole book, the guy, nothing gets, nothing goes his way. He constantly, life full of misery and disappointments and, but it kind of, and at the end, you expect like the standard Hollywood ending at the end of a novel, right? But. It was all worth it. And, you know, he was a good person. And now he is, for, for that, he's somehow gifted this good life at the end. But it doesn't really happen. But the character still maintains his, like, this positive outlook on life. And I think now, in hindsight, I think, because I read this book, like, when I was 10 years old a couple of times, I think that's kind of how it 
it, it left this stamp. It, it left this something in me, right? So I still have this in my mind. Oh, whatever the good, the bad, it's still life. You need to kind of go through it. It's the whole point of life, not something that it's at, at the end. It's just the everyday of it all. That's a book I haven't heard of for sure. But the, the premise, what you said right now, resonates with me because that's how I approach life as well. It doesn't matter what's happening. You know, resiliency is super important, right? Especially in this day and age where things are changing, things are very uncertain. And I'm curious about how you came up about with the book. Would someone give it to you? Did you stumble upon it uh, at a library? What made you decide, hey, I'm going to read this book? My grandmother in her house, she had it in her home library. And like my mom read it when she was a kid. Her brothers read it, my uncles. So it kind of like this, this in our home library, right? That was the book to recommend to for kids mm, to read. I so see I read it. all of the books my, my, my mom read when she was a kid, all of them. And this one, this announced most to me. That's awesome. Next question here. One of the most worthwhile investments that you have made recently. And when I say investments, you know, it could be uh, something financial, it, it, it could be a physical thing or a relationship. I don't know how to phrase it correctly, but I think it's more or less an investment in being a sort of a slacker. I, I used to have good grades in school, but every moment I could, I would spend on doing something I felt like doing or wanted doing. Mm -hmm. They were watching films, like doing some stuff on the computer. And it just so happens that in my current professional career, the most like core essential skills that I use for my, in my like day-to-day -day professional career are those things that I picked up by being a kid, a teenager, by doing things I wanted to, like podcasting is like being able to edit audio or video is something that I was doing while avoiding you know, home like chores, uh, you know, that my mom wanted me to do, or maybe not paying to my homework as I should have. And I don't recommend people to do it. I think I just got lucky, you know, mm. in, in the sense that something that I was doing by being responsible essentially became very useful in my life. But maybe it's the case for everyone. Yes. So investing more time into those leisure activities led you to your current career, you know, podcast. Yeah, it sounds bad now when you say it like that. Maybe not the leisure activities, but, you know, let's let's have a positive, add a positive spin on it. Do something that you love. Mm -hmm. And by doing something that I love, it became very helpful to me in the future. And what do you love about it? Just being creative. I think I always kind of thought of myself when I was growing up, thinking about my future career, my future life. Not necessarily being 100% creative person, like holding some creative title, you know, like being a writer, or whatever, but at least adjacent to that. So that was always the plan in my head. Like I either do something adjacent to being creative or a job that in involves a lot of creativity for sure. Or if not, just it's going to be my hobby, right? Because it's something I always need to have something like when I go through life and the at the, if I am at the stage of my life when I don't have some like creative project that I do, or this creativity is not something that is what I do as a job, uh, I, I don't feel as good. 
it feels like something's missing. Like, I think that's it. That's exactly how how I feel. You know, recently I've I've had this need to have an outlet, this creative project that whether it pays the bills or not, it's it's part of me because I've come to realize that there's a creative side of me that just wants to create and put things out into the world. You know, and for me personally, podcasting and conversations are one of those ways that we, we can create together. And yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people struggle with that as well. Because <clears throat> do you think that your passion, your hobby, your creative project, that people need to make that the thing that pays the bills or can they be separate? What's your take on that? No, I think they can for sure be separate. I don't see it as a necessity. You know, what, what is the saying? Do what you love as a job so you, you won't work a single day in your life. I don't think it's necessarily what needs to happen in your life. I was pretty content even as a kid, like, oh, if I'm not, not going to be working in creative, like, you know, if I'm not going to be working creative jobs, I'm just going to be creative on the side. I'm going to get creative at home in my spare time on weekends. But maybe for some people it's necessary because a lot of people are like, they're into their jobs. Mm -hmm. Like they get consumed by their jobs. It's just how people operate. And for them, if they're a creative person, then it's best to maybe kind of cross the streams and have it be one thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next question here. Let's see. Is there a, a favorite Kazakh food that you have? Favorite food is probably like any Kazakh will, will, will answer it. I think similarly, the dish that's called Beshparama. It's boiled meat. Boiled noodles, boiled potatoes. It doesn't sound very flavorful, but it trust me, it's very <laughs> tasty. It's one of those dishes that you know there there are those like basic dishes that you don't really want to add a lot to it, right? Mm. It's just it's just the ingredients need to be like up, right? Like a burger. Like I I I hate when people add too much stuff in their burgers. For me, burger is something like it's very simple. <laughs> But it needs to be like from a very quality meat, quality bread, whatever, right? That's the that's what makes it special. Not the ingredients, but the quality of the ingredients. And I think that's what if you I if you ever like in Kazakhstan, just make sure you you get it like made with the high top quality ingredients because it makes all the difference in the world. Is there a favorite spot that you have, or because so I've been to Kazakhstan, right? That I. Yeah. Went to John's wedding back in 2012. And I think most of the things I tried, they were homemade. So I don't know if that has a significant higher quality than, you know, going no, to No, that's the way to do it. But, I, as a Kazakh person, have never had really great or outstanding like local food in restaurants. Mm. Just homemade. And I don't know if it's the case with every nation in the world. Because it sometimes makes me think, I like Italian food, but never been to in an Italian household. Maybe the difference will be mind-blowing for me if I ever tried like homemade pasta in Italy. But at least with Kazakh food, that's mostly the case. Uh, there Maybe there are some like fancy restaurants that have really tasty Kazakh dishes. But in reality, you're better off by having it at someone's home. And yeah. people will probably invite you if you're if you're here. Oh, for sure, Kazakh Kazakhstan. It's it's amazing. You know, they have, 
The hospitality that I got to experience when I was there was, it's still to this day unmatched. And speaking of, of Kazakhstan, you're born and raised in Kazakhstan, right? And I wanted to ask you, you know, if there's any parts of Kazakh culture, traditions that have influenced the way you approach your career, the way you approach your work. Kazakhstan is a place right now where it feels exciting to live here in terms of it feels like things are building up. It feels like we're like we're on the what's the opposite of decline that direction, right? <laughs> yeah, it feels like things are on the rise because <laughs> you know sometimes you hear people like complaining about oh it used to be better like ten years ago. It used to be better like when Reagan was president or when this was the <laughs> This guy was the king or whatever. Now in Kazakhstan, like it's the opposite. It, it feels like exciting. It feels like things are on the rise. Things are getting like we, we're just building. And in that sense, I guess there there is less anxiety if you're a young person here. It doesn't feel like I I know for a lot of people in a lot of countries, and especially in the developed world, I I see the posts on the internet. I see TikToks. I see videos people make how they're like. People kind of feeling like that the older generations let the younger generations down and they're feeling mm -hmm. like kind of like trapped in the situation they're in. And in some ways it's true here, of course, but it's also not the case here. It's actually the opposite, right? The nation is young, the nation is growing and you feel like you're growing with them. So in that case, just psychologically, I think that what influences you and also like my career is, a, I think, healthy mix of being like trying to be professional and also being like, like I said, creative, right? It's somewhere in the middle. And I think this, I don't know how to put this correctly, but Kazakhstan is neither a very traditional country with very, you know, traditional values, but it's also not quite this modern. I, I'm thinking of being myself, being a kid, mm -hmm. thinking of myself like 15 years ago. Maybe if I were like in less strict, more like more, more progressive country, my parents would be like, hey, you do whatever you want, son. And then I would have, oh, I'm going to become a, an artist, a writer. And then just where would I be if it didn't pan, pan out? But also if we were living like in a more like strict and traditional country, maybe like my parents were, were like, where, where parents, I think there are places in the world where parents can tell the kids, are you going to become like a lawyer or a doctor? Because I said so. And the kid just has no say in it. Mm -hmm. And Kazakhstan is neither here nor there. So for me, in my case, it just lent itself to a good outcome, I think, because a bit of both, you know. So you grew up in a balanced household. Yeah. Or maybe it's just my household. I, I don't know anything <laughs> to do with it. It sounds like you have a unique set of, set of parents. <laughs> now, when it comes to your career, was there a pivotal moment where you decided, you know what? I think podcasting and media is the thing I'm going to pursue. No, it just kind of happened, if I'm being perfectly honest. It was just really great timing because uh, I've been interested in podcasts for many years as a listener. And then I tried my hand in podcasting myself. Uh, I had a local uh, show here in Kazakhstan. We were actually like, and it wasn't that long ago, but we were like one of the very first podcasts in the country. And right now, like there are hundreds of them, right? Just <laughs> five years, five years make a lot of difference. Five years ago, we were like one of the only 12 
15 shows in the country and now it's like hundreds of them yeah just as a hobby you know not really trying to make it a little to make a living out of it like just having fun with my friend and and i had the basic skills in editing and Mm -hmm. audio production and trying to push myself more in that direction develop a skill just as a fun like side thing that i did Mm-hmm. And then it just so happened that the right place, right time, someone needed a person to help out with the podcast and there I was. That's how it happened. I love it. Do you still have that comedy podcast or not? Uh, it's almost dead. It's uh, <laughs> it pod faded. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, because when we started with my friend, we were like both single guys mm-hmm. with a lot of free time. And now he has a kid uh-huh. and I'm like also not a single guy anymore. So it's kind of, and also we're older, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's can't really allocate enough time to like to shoot the crap with a friend like weekly. But for <laughs> the longest time, we had, we didn't miss a single week, and we had a very dedicated following, albeit quite small, which was yeah. fun. That's that's awesome. Any tools that you use, or any tips, tricks, or advice that you have for someone that wants to start a podcast, especially with the edits, right? Because that's you know, I'm coming to find that the post-production of a podcast, it probably takes double the work than recording an episode. So if you have any workflows or any advice to make this smoother and, and easier for solo podcasts, especially. Editing podcasts takes a lot of time, depending on what you want to do with it. But my advice for anyone who wants to start podcasting is just don't spend that much time on it. Just record it and Keep it. whatever. like. Just keep the whole post-production. Don't try to make it perfect. Don't try to make, don't be perfectionist because, you know, uh, producing a podcast isn't that hard. It's not a TV production, right? All you need (laughs) is a microphone. uh, Even your phone would do, right? In most cases, because people are not that picky when it comes to quality. It makes sense to you. The quality makes all the difference to you when you're editing. Oh, I think the bit rates and, and the mic quality and the noise. And people just, they don't care. They listen to it while they're jogging, while they're in a very noisy environment. They don't listen for nuance, right? They listen for content. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing, the content. And everybody can do podcasts. Everybody can record a podcast. Everybody, any, anybody can produce it, but not anybody can do it consistently. That's the most, that's the hardest part to be consistent with a podcast. That's what not anyone can do. And uh, I know a lot of my friends like started their podcasts and they ran for a couple of months and then the uploads became less frequent and then they kind of forgot about it. And just being on a schedule, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly is the hardest thing. And that's what I think anyone who starts a podcast now, that's what they should be concerned with first and foremost. How do it? Is it, does it look realistic? One year down the line, me not being, not me not skipping like, not skipping a week and just having this podcast uploaded each and every week. Because if you don't see yourself doing that, it's just maybe you don't need, to, maybe like it's not, not even it's not for you, but I don't think it's going to be that successful. And the content, right? Make sure the content is great and the production is the last thing you need to worry about when you're starting. And then, of course, you can get fancy, you can get better mics, you can spend more time editing because that also is important, right? Yeah, the bigger the podcast is, the these things are more important. But there are a lot of very popular podcasts out there that really you just 
you, you don't hear like that much of production value in terms of money and time, but they're still very great and great listens. Yeah, that's great, great advice, especially with the consistency, right? I think it's getting easier, easier and easier to start anything, especially a podcast, but the consistency. And, you know, even with this podcast, I already decided that, hey, I'm going to do light edits, you know, do an intro and outro. I'm using a tool called the script that makes it easier for people that are not audio professionals and then just ship it, right? Put, put it out there. I think what, what's a little bit, I'm trying to get over the self-judgment because I'm listening. So I record the episode and I'm going back to listening to the episode, you know, and sometimes there's a few episodes where I don't know the sound doesn't sound as great or what I think it is, but maybe who knows, right? What you said, maybe it sounds great to a normal listener, but to you probably doesn't sound great. So just trying to get over that self-judgment of, Hey, it's okay if it's not perfect, right? Just put it out there, do the light edits, and then just keep consistent shipping. Yeah. Being a perfectionist, especially in a creative like world, will lead you nowhere because it's just impossible. There will always be things you and trying to make it perfect, you'll just spend all your time on doing that and thinking about that and you, you just won't make any content. You just need to make it. Just make it and you will become better. It's a sort of a cliche because it's true. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you start you get really sparked by an idea, you get really excited. You start thinking it through, you have all of these plans and ambitions. And then when you start making something and, oh, first of all, you see all of the tough things ahead and you see that, you know, it doesn't really, I, I don't think even now, like at the very first stages, I kind of not see it turning out in the end the way I hoped it would turn out, the way I imagined it. And this, these thoughts will come to your head and you just ignore them. Because if you won't ignore them, you just won't make the thing. And just consistency is, like I said, is key. With podcasting, with content production, I think is what's the most important. What are some of the trends that, that you're following closely, you know, when it comes to media like podcasting, any, anything that stands out to you or anything that... I don't know, you might be concerned about. I think Stephen King said it, like, if you want to be a writer, there are no two ways about it. You need to read a lot of books. You need to listen to a lot of podcasts. If you're making like the short form videos, like whatever, TikToks, Reels, you need to watch a lot of those too. You need to like, and by watching all of the stuff, by spending time, but like dedicating some time of your day to do that, it's how you know what, what are the trends, right? What type of videos are trendy? What type of podcasts are getting popular? And But to be more specific, like that AI is all the rage right now. Like it's everywhere and it's so fast. It's kind of exciting. And I know like ethical, like issues with AI, especially mm -hmm. with image generating software. Cause you know, I think a lot of people are rightfully concerned that it's just plagiarizing like yeah. some artists art and th there probably will be some lawsuits or some some law will be made to kind of mitigate that i think but in principle i think it's a great thing because it's just those these tools that are being developed and they're just now mm -hmm. because i remember i remember using like 
some of the like image editing like AI tools a couple of years ago. Like I, I believe Photoshop had them like a couple of years ago. And I just tried it like, and, and, and I wasn't really impressed. Like, I think it was just, you know, you can press a button and the Photoshop will, it will separate background from the subject. Mm. And when a tool first came out, I was just like, I'm not really impressed by it. It doesn't really, I just, I just do it the old way. Like I'll just cut it out myself. But now it's just, it saves so much time when you're making all of this image edits, right? And it's, you know, with AI is, I remember when I was a kid reading like the history about the first plane was invented in a year so on. And then like only 52 years later, we had our first person in space. And when you think about it in those terms, you think, look, you think like for people living in that time, there was probably such a cultural whiplash for mm-hmm. them to like being born in the time where there were no cars and then seeing like people in space, like how crazy it was for them. But now, because we maybe not in the same, it's not, not as big, but we're kind of seeing that right now. And we were seeing it with the progress in terms of like internet and smartphones and how quickly from the year 2008, where not a lot of people, uh, at least here, were using internet, only, you know, savvy people, kids were using internet to the year 2013, like not f- five, six years later, when your grandma has a phone with an internet right now and she's using internet, right? And, but there was no whiplash, right? It, it didn't feel like, oh my God, it's crazy because it was really small and we kind of got used to it. And then mm-hmm. just one day we look back and, oh, wow. It really became part of our lives. And this is what I feel is happening with those neural networks, AI tools right now. Because like I tried that chat GPT like in December just for fun, just to see what it is. And in January, I just can't imagine my workflow without it. Just can't imagine it without it. Just I use it like daily, multiple times a day. It helps. It's, it's, not, it's not replacing my own thoughts, but it just helps me to just the time it saves, man. A lot of time. Okay, what? I'm glad you mentioned that. So, what workflow like right now? You know, in terms of processes, in terms of tools. So, you get a recorded episode, and then what happens from there? I get raw files, just like the ones we're recording here, because we. And I believe, actually, maybe for future for you to consider, there are there is software that will allow you to conduct the interviews the same way, like through video chat. But it's it will definitely be more quality, right? The HD feed mm-hmm. from the cameras, non-compressed audio, all of that great stuff. Uh, like squat? Just a bunch of them. I remember like thinking like a couple of years ago, I wonder if only there was like an app like that. Maybe, but how could it, what would be the technical? I was just like brainstorming. Mm-hmm. Can I come up with something like that? Or what? <laughs> do I have friends who can help me? And then just like forgot about it. Then six months later, I see five or six apps like that already exist. Uh, But yeah. yeah, uh, And so I get these files, right? From Zoom recording. Mm. The audio is serviceable. It's for, for our purposes, it's fine. It's Mm -hmm. again, like I said, like it's not ideal, but it's fine. And then, yeah. And then it's just, it's just separate audio and video editing. What I do, I do video editing first. I actually do it. Because back in the day, I was editing like audio-only episodes and I was working mainly in audio or editing software. Mm-hmm. But now because of the video aspect, you need to edit the video 
first, right? Yeah. What tool otherwise, you you're going to be edit. I use Adobe Premiere. I edit episodes in Premiere. I edit out like parts that, are, that need to be edited out. Then I export the video. Then I export the audio from the video. And then I, I guess I can do it in Premiere, but I just, I go to Audition and in there I polish and polish audio a little bit. Already edited mm -hmm. audio from the video that I, that I get from the video. Mm -hmm. uh, and add intro, outros, like if needed, see what I can do with some like audio issues that might happen. Like maybe if it's too echoey or something like that, there are tools that can help you to kind of remove that. Mm -hmm. But for the most time, it, that it, it, it's not needed even. Have you ever had a file that was like, hey man, this is not good, we can't publish it? <laughs> The quality of the phone. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think it, it happened like once or twice. Yeah. Like out of like 500 episodes, it happened like once or twice. But like, we just can't publish it. It's just, it's it's unusable. Sorry. Yeah. And it can be salvaged also. Yeah. So you do the edits and then once, how do you share this, the final file? I share it. I'll share it with the with the host, with the guests. And because we have multiple hosts on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And I, and then I share it with the marketing people. Because it's just that I just upload, I'll just upload audio file to the cloud. I upload it to our, on our podcast hosting, create a draft of the episode. So when the episode is finally approved, I'll just press mm -hmm. schedule or publish or whatever. And I send yeah. a YouTube link and list the video, send the link. Once everything is fine and good to go, I'll just either schedule it or publish it right away. You know what, what I've heard is that the host reserves the right to make the edits and to publish the episode without the guest's approval. And I'm seeing that more and more. Um, but I know for every podcast, do you guys still require the guest approves it or do you guys publish it without the guest's approval? No, we get the guest's approval. Yeah. But that's, yeah, I think in general, it's just, I guess, courtesy to, hey, if you need something removed. But yeah, I think the unspoken rule is if I'm like, now I'm, on your podcast and I don't care. You can publish it as it is without any editing just because it's your podcast, right? You do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. If I say on my personal podcast that I had when we had guests, what we used to say is, hey, we're not going to really edit it that much because we don't really edit like guest yeah. episodes. Yeah. And if you say something that you want us to cut out, just say it and no problem. We will cut it out. If not, it's just, it's, it is what it is. We're going to publish it. it. We're not, we're not going to ask your like approval or permission. But if you said something and then you're like, oh, I should have said that. Just let us know. And we'll not, we'll let that's, it out. That's a good one. Because, man, I can see that going the wrong way where the guests just say, oh, can you cut this? Can you cut that? Can you? And then it becomes like a back and forth. And then you can't publish the episode because there's too much back yeah. and forth, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's also some of the edit. Some of the edits are kind of superficial because people are very self conscious and they're like, "Oh, I didn't really like how it sounded." Like, it's fine. It's fine. Come on. Yeah. But also, you don't want to be a jerk. Like, once you, once you, because you sent it out of courtesy, right? Hey, can we publish it? You you cool with it? And if that person gives you a bunch of these superficial notes, right? You can't be a, like, you would be a jerk if you said, no, it's fine. Come on. We're not going <laughs> to, you'll say, okay, yeah, I'll well, see what you can do. We'll edit it out, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Awesome. As a way to, to wrap up the episode, right? So we touch on your career, 
Kazakhstan podcasting. Any final advice that you would like to give the audience as it relates to to create a project, to podcasting, to a career? You know, maybe they are at a point where they're thinking about starting something. It could be a podcast or create a project, right? What what advice would you give them? When you're starting, keep in mind like what the goals are. Like have a very clear picture of what you're trying to accomplish with this podcast. If your goal is, I want to become the next Joe Rogan, it's probably not going to happen. The space, podcasting space is very oversighted, mm-hmm. especially in the last couple of years after the pandemic, it <laughs> became overly saturated. And, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are here competing with like larger shows because with that have big budgets or some celebrity host or whatever. You are, podcasting is a great tool. You can use it for marketing purposes. For your business, you can use it to build your network. You can use it for many reasons. You can use it to showcase your skills, right? Have a have a like what's it called? Like a re- have a reel of what of your work, right? Like mm-hmm. a portfolio that you can use for the future. There are many reasons to to be a podcaster and being like trying to become one of the top podcasts in the world or in your country. Is one of them, but it's not necessarily the only one of them. So if you have a clear goal, clear picture of what you want to accomplish with this podcast in mind, it's going to be, I think, easier. And I think it's what you need to ask yourself first when you're starting. I love that advice. And it's so underrated. So thanks for that reminder. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, for sharing a bit about your journey, a bit about Kazakhstan. And uh, yeah, you know, we'd love to have you in future episodes, see where we're at but for now. Thanks so much, man. Thank you for having me, Sandra. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for listening all the way through. I appreciate you and I hope that you got some valuable information that you can apply to your personal and professional life. If this story resonated with you and you would like to support the podcast, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode.